0: Hi, this is Sci-Fi Talk, the podcast on how sci fi, fantasy, horror, and comics help us explore our humanity. Today we are with Dave Solomon, and his film was selected by the Tribeca Film Festival. So before we get into it, what's that like to, to be selected? It's a short, but boy, you pack a lot into it. But what's it like to uh to be selected? It's thrilling. It was so wonderful because I wasn't
1: sure how this short would be received. Actually, I, I shouldn't say, I was pretty com- confident in it because I knew I had good actors. I'd written it for them. And um, even in just testing it with some small audiences, I thought you know it, it was appealing and and was working, but it's always stressful. I've had a few short films that have done the film festival circuit and you just never know. And I never had something at Tribeca. And so to get, I actually got a phone call from them asking if, you know we would be a world premiere and what our status was you know feeling out if we've been accepted at any other big ones or if we could world premiere there so it was just i mean an incredible call it changed my day oh <laughs> <was> yeah wonderful <laughs> and then to share that with the rest of the team it was hard keeping it a secret for a while because we knew that and then of course you
0: can't tell anyone for a while so but it was it's thrilling it's, it's so exciting sci-fi talk continues so stay tuned the plot how did this all all come together how did the i idea kind of uh you know hit you when you were writing this and i know and for any people who probably are listening i have no idea what it is it's
1: it is crazy um <laughs> a 15 minute short called brenda and billy and the pothos plant and i actually Santino and sarah who are the two main actors we all did uh the musical tootsie together as the associate director of the show on broadway and then subsequently directed the tour but Santino, who won a tony for the show and Sarah, yeah. nominated. We all knew each other from that i actually santino, santino and i go back years we worked together a bunch and her friends and uh it was coming out of pandemic times where we were all you know work was still tricky in theater and film worlds and um and we're mostly you know working steadily in theater and it was tough and uh but they're both done a lot of film and tv as as have i and we were uh and santino was actually right said write something for sarah and i because um, he'd no- seen my writing and seen my film stuff, and I had a play uh, that was workshopped well. and um... So he suggested it, and th- then we all ch- chatted, and basically what happened, I just started thinking of the two of them, and I had this image pop into my head of the two of them sitting on a park bench and Sarah holding a dying plant. And it kind of came Sarah's very nature and her dressing at Tootsie was covered with, like, plants and things. So I just had this image of <laughs> And then Santino sent me a list of against type roles, like things he characters he wanted to play that he had never played, and one of them was a magician. And honestly, I go, I tend to think, I go running by um, the water and I live in Brooklyn and Williamsburg and I go for my morning runs and I tend to think about things and I had that image in my head. And he told me magician, and I can't tell you where the rest happened. It was kind of a, that pandemic time loop. It was coming off the Omicron time in that period where we were all feeling crazy and in our homes yeah. again. And, and that tension, and i had been staying with my mom, lot, who I would never just say <laughs> I had no feelings towards my mom, the way that that character does in this film, but it was those, it just kind of took those pandemic stresses and the things we were feeling to that kind of absurd comedy horror world that I think is fun in a way of like it lets you in a fantasy way, like let out some of that, that energy that we're all kind of feeling in a, in a fun and fantastical and absurd way.
0: Love the dark humor in this. It is, uh, you know, it's always one of my favorite things is uh, how dark humor is used in, in movies. And, uh, and certainly uh, it was well used here, Uh, you know, with Billy and Brenda. I mean, it was just really nicely done i love their relationship and his delivery is perfect for his cat i mean you you see the difference in both of them did you have time to kind of work on that was that all in the screenplay or was there was it kind of worked on before you shot
1: it was i mean we worked on it we did do a few rehearsals but not a lot to be honest i mean part of it is when you write for people you know and and it's a rare thing too. i mean i've had things where i've written stuff and rewritten things and you're working with different actors but this was literally like i wrote it with Santino and sarah in my head and it kind of just came out and I sent to them and they were like, this is amazing, very few notes. We did do a table read then to like hear it out loud, made some changes from there. A lot of that to me is always like, oh, you don't need to say this, you don't need to say this, you just see it. And then we did a walkthrough kind of rehearsal just to like plot and stage it and, and kind of brushed up the script from there. There were of course cuts and trims and they're both so brilliant, like you know, little things here and there, but it was, it didn't change that much. And it's, and it's wild because when I watch it now, it's, it's such a great feeling when you have something like I was like, that was exactly what I heard in my head, because you were writing for those two actors, and I knew what they could do, and I knew Sarah has this quality that even if she did all those crazy, awful things she does in the film, you kind of love her. There's this childishness, and this kind of like sweetness and sincerity, and knowing, and then Santino too, with the magician idea, and he was, it was actually his idea. He was like, I really want a wig, which changed him completely, but it was yeah and it was their voices i heard and that balance between the two of them too with like his kind of dryness and then when i don't want to give away the there's a little twist when you find out kind of what he's really doing but yes uh, but between the two of them just like the balance which they had in tootsie too and very different characters but i just knew what they would be and it was kind of what i heard in my head and and Mm -hmm. life which was amazing
0: yeah i mean they were terrific together chemistry of people knew how to bottle it, they would have done it. It's just impossible. You either have it or you don't, and they have it. It's 15 minutes that really moves along really, really well. And I also would be remiss in not mentioning, in supporting roles, Catherine Curtin and Julie Halston. Uh, Catherine was the mom, so uh, just really great job there, too. Blessed with some really good talent to work with. I mean, Tony Award winners you know, theater actors. I know you work in theater. I think that makes such a big difference anyway. But uh, yeah, those two ladies deserve some credit as well.
1: Yeah, as does Beethoven Odin, who plays the police officer. Yes, that's right. And he's a great theater actor and and TV actor who uh, Santino knew. And I was just like, I want him to be like charming and you like him, but he also has to bring the stakes of it. Like when he shows up at the door, and I kind of, one of my favorite parts personally is she opens the door and she's like, oh, hi, Carl. Like she knows the police officer, he's always been there. And you kind and Beethoven put this charm, but the stakes are, re- like, he's still like, I'm coming back. Like you, it kind of yeah. the end of the piece. But yes, to Kathy and Julie, Julie, again, we had actually done Tootsie with us as well. And I've known and, and we are just like, who can come in in this one moment cameo and, and make such an impact, Julie Halston. And then I have to say, Kathy Curtin, who, of course, we've all seen in so many shows, including Stranger Things, Orange is the New Black, one of those people, you walk down the street, you're like, why do I know you from everything? That was something, too, where it's like, you also can't, you have to love this mother, but also, like, not feel bad when <laughs> the things that happened to her happened to her and kathy just brought this kind of you know quality of like this monster but also like that scene between her and sarah's she brings so many layers to but then also was so gung-ho you couldn't have not asked for a better actor to to do all those things like I, again i don't want to spoil it but like she had some prosthetics and some blood and some vomit it <laughs> was all so I had this great behind the scenes clip of her when she, uh, she's like, you know, we had this kind of mishap with the blood and I was like worried for, her and she was like, just gets up and she's like, oh, I love what we do. <laughs> <And it> was, <laughs> it better. Yeah.
0: No, that's, she was great. They they were all great. Shooting wise. How much time did you have? It was insane
1: as you do with these short films and you're trying to do it on very low budget. And, and it, most of it's in that apartment. There's one scene outside which we shot actually in the, it's supposed to be evening, but it was summertime and we made it, we wanted that surreal, like it's covered in snow, but I was going for that surreal, like there are tulips growing out of the snow. So we put down fake snow, but we shot it at like 4.35 in the morning because we realized in summer, it's like if we went out in the evening, there's so many people in the parks and it's so loud. So we went out in the early morning, but we shot it and I think, oh my gosh, now I'm blanking. I think it was two days and then that morning. I think wow. We did it, all, which was nuts. It was insane, and it was one. I had a great first AD, Danny, who helped. I mean, we really nailed down that schedule with when Kathy's getting prosthetic. We can still film this the way you do. It was, two, but it was. I'm pretty sure. I want. It was two days. I think it was two days, and then the morning.
0: Wow, juggling a lot of plates. It was insane. I'm like,
1: <laughs> two days, but I think we did it in two. It was two, and then the morning. Yeah.
0: It was oh, that's amazing that really is amazing and you're also really basically working in one set you're really the apartment for the yeah. most part i mean the apartments in new york are not known for being spacious either. So.
1: Oh. and luckily we had a nice layout there but it was tight it was tight but it was a small crew and yeah we and we plan had to plan our shoot accordingly as well so it's like yeah if you're shooting this room where can everyone else be and where you want it was tight it was tight mm. but it was great group of people like everyone working on it. it was so gung-ho and fun and it was a beautiful set
0: yeah yeah it's a neat little film i really enjoyed it i i love that kind of humor and and uh, as i we were saying before we went on about how i love seeing new york i never get bored of seeing new york so it, it's oh, great you got
1: those beautiful shots of in the winter mm. with the deserted That yeah no one it was it's, it was nice mm-hmm. yeah that was another shoot day so there was another <laughs> there you go
0: Fox. I, I think this is what I enjoy mostly about Tribeca is uh, now Tribeca Festival. I've been covering it since 2013 and really talking to people like yourself that make these short independent films or even longer films, working within a budget, struggling with it to get it done. And they create these little little masterpieces. And uh, that's the fun part about my job. And covering this festival and that's what i really think they do so well yeah it's great to see the big premieres and all the big actors but really the heart of it i think is you know establishing people and saying hey look what this person can do given the chance and that's what i love about it
1: yeah uh, yeah thanks and it's thrilling to and i can't wait to see the other films that's the thing i'm most excited about i've seen mine enough but it's like to get to go to those other short blocks and it's interesting too to what you're saying I didn't know and we had three screenings announced and they also and not just our shop short we're in a block called batshit crazy understandably of course and i think there's seven films total i can't wait to see but they have three screening dates and the three screening dates sold out an hour my friends and family didn't get tickets and they just added because of popular demand they added an additional sunday showing and i was and they said the shorts sell so well and i guess you know, so it's thrilling to be a part of that, and hopefully audiences will enjoy it the way you did, and it's going to be fun, and also for me, too, as someone, like, coming up in the film world, like, you always hear about Tribeca when I was younger, and now it's, like, to be a part of it is is so exciting.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, it's it's a great festival. I've enjoyed covering it these days virtually, but I, you know, I, I have a director I'm talking to next week as well, so I'm thrilled about that, and somebody who I... Who had a who's already been there once before? So, oh, cool. i happy for her. She's a she's very imaginative, uh, fantasy-driven, uh, but also just really hard to pigeonhole into a category. Sci-fi talk returns in a moment. I got to ask you about Tootsie, What that experience was like for you? Obviously, Santino just killed it. My first reaction was like, do they really need to do that based on a movie? But from what I saw. It was like it won me over and uh, i appreciated that so what was that experience like for you it was incredible actually
1: i um i um i didn't think i was gonna be involved with i was actually i would have been assisting bill condon actually on the beauty i worked on the beauty and the beast film in london yeah doing a lot of theater but i am i had worked a lot as an associate director on a lot of broadway shows um with scott ellis who directed tootsie and joe montello who's famously directed wicked which i didn't work on but as i've worked on with a number of other things and and i'd come back from uh london and again Santino and i we met doing a show a sunday in the park with george revival in 2008 and so we were friends and scott who directed tootsie i'd done a number of shows with and uh and I came back from London and he took me to coffee and he was like, would you want to do this? And I was like, well, I'll do the workshop because I'll see Santino. I haven't seen all these people in a long time. And and then it just kind of lined up perfectly. And we went to Chicago as an out of town and then Broadway. And then as yeah. I kind of ended up taking over and directing the tour that just ran for two years, it's still running, it closes in June. But so we, so it was great. And so it's part of like kind of the final step of the development with workshops and such. And then we went to Chicago and to what you're saying, Robert Horn, who. I I also knew we had done a show 13 together that was i didn't do it on broadway but i did it before broadway that he wrote and now he's tony nominated again he won the tony for tootsie and now he's nominated again for Shucked, which is an amazing show if you're in new york go see it mm-hmm. and you know and with david yazbek really reinvented tootsie and made it this you know modern musical within a musical instead of a soap opera and brought like modern issues into it that and some that were from the film that are still unfortunately re- relevant, you know, discrimination in the work uh, sure. place and issues that you know with uh, gender and disparity and but so being a part of that and then yeah, when it opened in Chicago, it was one of those nights you never know until first audience gets in there and then the laughs, there's a scene in that play it's still on the tour it's like someone walks in a door and the audience laughs for like a minute and a half and such great writing too and robert's writing inspired mine as well it's like he's so it's not just the jokes which he's brilliant at but the structure of it and and working with scott and that team and sentino and and getting yeah. such a great company and we had such a great experience in the show was didn't write around about a year i think but it was critically acclaimed and yeah, yeah. Great, and it works like an old Kaufman and Hart play, but with great music by David Yazbek, and and the tour has been very successful as well. It's a great story and a great and a great experience.
0: Oh, life. that was a nice mention of those two legends uh, who I admi- work I've admired a long time. Yeah, really. I mean, they wrote for the Marx Brothers for God's sakes. So it yeah. you an idea? You know, it's like Graccio was was pretty uh, was pretty savvy, but he had a lot of great dialogue to work with, no doubt about it. Well, and that's the thing with Robert wrote all like designing women, all these TV
1: shows and can write punchlines and jokes that will come yeah. in with list and jokes, but then it's the craft of the storytelling. And that's yep. what paid off in Tootsie too, is that the, the you get to know these characters as you did in the film. And then it's just literally just builds and builds and it's, it's out of story and character. It's not just punchlines. Mm-hmm. And then there's also a nice, the thing about Tootsie too, and what we did with the musical is that ends kind of a poignant scene about listening that has to be different from what it was in the, the 80s where everything is so easily forgiven it's a different it's a different story now
0: so yeah yeah you know there, there's there's a part of a, of a, a genesis of a show that maybe a lot of people don't talk about but work a workshop phase where literally a lot of the show the structure really comes together you see what works and what doesn't work even before you do previews and yeah, uh, yeah talk about that that to me seems like a very important workshop there too. Well, it's interesting
1: you mentioned, because yes, I've been a part of that as an associate on a lot of, I did eight Broadway shows um, and as an associate director, I think it's like 13 or 14 in other positions. And, but I, um, so on Tootsie it's like, yeah, we would kind of meet and, and we had workshops, but then would work around the table and kind of, there's a whole section where Dorothy uh, is fixing the musical within a musical and it's this whole montage. And we would just spend, like day or two of working around the table with the composers writers all of us just kind of hashing out how it would work but now I, I i'm actually been developing a musical based on the movie pump up the volume the 1990 christian slater film that i've been directing that i was actually sadly directing two productions of before the pandemic we were uh, in pittsburgh and going to the citadel in canada where hadestown six started and we had two productions on in on the books and then because of the pandemic, and there's so many shows now, we had to reset, and we just did this workshop in London, a, a festival workshop, and now we're doing another in July. So I'm actually, before you, was on a call about Pump Up the Volume, <laughs> and we're- you know, this Adirondack theater festival in July. And I'm in the that process now where, and me and the writers, cause the world has changed. We started looking at the, yeah. the, and the music and stuff because we were in a production timeline in 2020 and now we're in a different world and we're like, let's look at the script. Let's talk about it. Let's, and then we'll hear it all in July and we'll probably make changes from there. And we have a production like coming up that I can't talk about yet, but that, yeah. And that's what you do. Like you, and the beauty about theater that's different than film is getting to, um, Getting it in front of an audience in different stages to hear what works or doesn't. I mean, film you do, you do screenings to. that yeah. As part of Beauty and the Beast, it's like you do test screenings and things and make adjustments. But so often, and I did even with Brendan Billy, I would show it to groups of people to see where they're laughing and you know just get the timing right. But theater, you know, you really kind of want to work it in front of an audience and and figure out what's working, what's not, and even in preview periods make changes throughout. Yeah kind of yeah we're doing with with pump up the volume now and it's it it is a fun process it's like you're all working towards you just want to get to the get to the opening the show but then i always get sad when you open the show because you're like oh our work's done now like it was fun being in the room doing that uh and it's yeah it's 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 kind of the best part i think
0: Mm. i gotta ask you about chesterfield falls something you're working on so this and what's interesting is you're actually using you know, actual Halloween rituals and customs included in this film. So talk about that. I, oh. Where are you with that right now? You no, know, this might be up your alley, too. Yeah, and, it, it is <laughs> up my alley.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like I don't want to give away too much because I'm so afraid. Like, when you're still developing, I don't want someone to steal it. But Right, right. Maybe they can if I talk about it. It's, I've claimed it. But I honestly, um, I was working on the film. I was an assistant on the film, Mr. Holmes, with Ian McKellen as an old Sherlock like Holmes, and and Laura Linney and working with Bill Condon. And we were in this creepy set and I was talking to one of our producers. Someone had sent me one of those buzz feeds of like the old Halloween uh, masks, like the handmade masks and costumes. They're terrifying. And I was like, there has to be a, a script here, an idea here. And so that's what started it. And I started reading about Halloween. and. And these real the real reason why we wore we wear masks and costumes or they did in the back in the day was to blend in with the spirits who come out on old hallows eve to you know seek vengeance on people so you would wear a mask so they can't you blend in with the spirits and they don't know you're human and you're mortal and so that's why and so i created this in chesterfield falls it's a very um oh i can't uh, think of mythology something that something. mythology and that um superstition in a way of like yeah uh, Bringing, keeping the old customs alive, It's it's the film actually takes place in the 70s, but they end up uh, a mother nice. and a son move to this small town that feels like it's out of the 50s and kind of old-fashioned, and that's where they wear, and they say in Chesterfield Falls, like, you wear your masks from sun up, sundown to sun up because that's the whole, the real period, and then there's also the rituals, the old rituals of leaving... Um, food on your doorstep to welcome someone back from the dead and having a feast to bring back uh loved ones and such so i take that and put it this mother and son move to a small town and i mean it's kind of an old formula move into a house in the small town and things are a little off and and she also has a past with you know uh another son she lost on halloween and so everything kind of comes together and i won't say anymore but it is it was it's visually fun and uh to think about and even what I've written in with like these kind of it's all about these kind of masks and costumes and seeing these ghosts in these period creepy it's the handmade masks it's like I can't
0: show you photos over a radio podcast but you know it's yeah I love it already I think it's a great idea and uh yeah it takes us back to almost the roots of Halloween and I like that it's not
1: humor in it but it's not Brendan Billy it's definitely more of a serious horror film
0: Well, congratulations on this. And uh, I I, I do have to say also before we break that having lived in New York when Broadway was closed, which broke my heart, um, it's great to see that things are back and more things are happening. Um, And I think even this summer, uh, the box office, the the amount of films being released is pre-pandemic, you know, uh, uh, releases, which is awesome. So things have gotten much better. I'll never forget seeing everything close but i'm so glad it's over uh, yeah. but folks definitely check out brenda and billy and the pothos plant it's a great short is there a chance <clears throat> excuse me after the festival it might be available in some other venue yeah well, i mean i can't say anything yet but we've had some
1: other acceptances at other festivals so hopefully it'll start popping up in other places around our world and then, of course, I mean, at some point, we'll probably do an online release. And you also can, I think, there is an online Tribeca option. So I think you can actually yes. watch short after the festival. There'll be a two weeks when you can, like, rent it or watch it online, I think.
0: You are correct. Tribeca does that every year. And this way, people that don't have to be in New York to see it, they can see it from anywhere in the world, which I think is brilliant. And it exposes people to a lot of filmmakers. And I think that's awesome. Hey Solomon thank you for your time and congratulations. This is a funny, scary and the the, the end was like oh yeah I like that. <laughs> it was <laughs> good. it was a good way to wrap it up but uh man what a brilliant cast and, and I mean Sarah is just so gifted as oh, a yeah. comedian. I mean uh, you know and and I know uh, I know Miss Halston is also a comedian as well and, and that showed It was good she was burning the uh, incense there <laughs> it's like I oh you got to do that you got to do that when you're dealing I know. With
1: that it was hard to <laughs> cut down because of course she i let her yeah. go for a while and she's like we we're just like trying not to laugh behind the camera and, yeah and it'll be fun to see it with audiences for sure and and thank you for having me tony it's such uh, an honor
0: oh it's a pleasure and have a great time at tribeca i mean i think you'll love it it's a wonderful experience having been there and you'll get to meet a lot of other people and it's going to be fine for you. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you.